Morning. Woo. It's great to be here. Going with the theme of great. It's great to be here. It's, um, it's good, uh, Mike. This is the first time I've preached here for a long time when they've actually got a pastor. So thanks for letting us preach today. Um, I've actually known Mike and Kay for about oh, 41 years, 42 years. I, I taught with Kay back in Quinana. We taught mathematics together. And um, it was good. It's been a fairly long journey together, not connecting at many points, but uh, it's good to be here. I noticed Mike's brought a different musical instrument onto the stage. I mean, I drums and all this stuff, and, but I think he wants to give me a bit of a lift. <laughs> I, actually, going up and me singing, I nearly lost my voice singing, actually. That was awesome singing. I, thanks, Alan, for leading us in that. But, you know, um, I am going to preach on the word great. No, I'm not, actually. I'm uh, preaching from a great book. Yeah, the Bible, correct. Um, the book of Romans. Some of you uh, love that book, and uh, I love it as well. Um, Romans chapter 8 is a, it's a terrific um, chapter. I'm not doing the whole chapter. It's a long chapter. But... Um, you know, if you've got a Bible, you'll notice the, the heading is living in the Spirit or life in the Spirit. And um, in the book of Romans, the first seven chapters, the Holy Spirit is mentioned four times. Four times. So Paul in the first seven chapters of Romans is talking about the fact that we are in deep trouble. Our situation is not good. And then he moves to talking about what Christ has done for us. And then in chapter 8, he moves into the whole work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And uh, in 17 verses, the first 17 verses in chapter 8, the Holy Spirit is mentioned 17 times. So guess what that theme is? It's a good chapter to uh, meditate on and soak in this week. Let's start reading um, verse 1. Therefore, in other words, based on all the mess of the past, and based on the beautiful picture of Christ, as Ian shared with us today, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. No condemnation, okay? No condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus because the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. God does not condemn you. If you're in Christ, you are never condemned by God. Never. So for me, I need to be aware of the fact that if I start condemning myself, I enter into a death cycle. And we do condemn ourselves too often. And we spiral down. Feeling guilty, forgiveness, or sense of forgiveness. We go through this shame cycle. It just kills us. Don't condemn yourself. Don't condemn yourself. And obviously, don't condemn others. God doesn't. Okay, that's his role if he wants to do anything in that area. But condemnation of ourselves and of others will always hinder what God is doing. Always. It's always going to hinder it. We don't want to hinder what God is doing. You know, I look at verse 2 here and it says, The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. How do you explain that? You know, I was thinking about this. 
If you take an aeroplane, an aeroplane, there's a picture of an aeroplane here. You've probably never seen one before, but a picture of an aeroplane here. Aeroplanes, they weigh a, a lot. They're very heavy, and yet they fly. Because of Newton's third law of motion, which talks about a lot of things which I won't go into because I don't know it all, but, but it basically means that you... If, you, if that plane, when it's operating, is free from the law of gravity. If that's just sitting up in the air and you take your hands off it, it drops. It's gravity. But because of Newton's third law of motion, which is about lift and thrust and all this sort of stuff, it actually stays in the air. And therefore, you can, with confidence, get into a plane and you can actually be outside of the law of gravity if you stay in the plane. Because the law, Newton's third law of motion has overcome the law of gravity if you are in the plane. Same thing. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. So if you are in Christ Jesus, which a lot of you are, you've given your life to Christ, if you are in Christ Jesus, then you are free from the law of sin and death. You're not going to fall under it. So don't condemn yourself. God doesn't. So every time you see a plane, remember Romans 8, 1 and 2. No condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. As long as you stay in the plane, you're okay. Normally, anyway. Freedom from the rule of sin, judgment, and condemnation. So we're not just freed from something. We are freed into life and peace. See, being in Christ changes everything. Changes everything. The Spirit continues to work powerfully in you. Never gives up on us. Right there, working powerfully in us, bringing life and freedom and peace. That's what the Spirit does. You know, if I look on this trampoline, we've been sponsored with this this morning by Albert Shadbolt, so thank you. <laughs> I hope it doesn't break. But um, this gives me bounce. You know, this is life. I don't have to put a lot of effort into it. I bounce there. Death, law, it's hard. This is all about life. The Spirit gives life. If you're not in Christ, then condemnation is an issue for you. It's an issue for you. If you're not in Christ, you have to deal with it yourself. Really encourage you. Explore the reality of what Christ has done for you. It's a gift. God is an invitational God, always inviting you to join in with what he's doing. Verse 3, For what the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh, God did. As Ian shared this morning, God did it by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. And so he condemned sin in the flesh. In order, 
that the righteous requirement of the law might be fully met in us, who do not live according to the flesh but according to the Spirit. Because we're in Christ, the Spirit's in us, we are living according to the Spirit. <clears throat> so, in essence, we're not really living the Christian life. The Holy Spirit is living through us. The Spirit of Christ lives through us. So living in the Spirit is all about That's the Spirit role. We cooperate with what the Spirit is doing, prompting and saying. We work with the Spirit. Verse 5, those who live according to the flesh have their minds, very powerful the mind, have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set, set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death. But the mind governed by the Spirit is life, and peace life and peace the mind governed by the flesh is hostile to god and we experience that we feel that at times don't we it does not submit to god's law nor can it do so those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please god you know from these verses it's very important our minds are very significant we've got to be able to train our minds have to train our minds the mind set on governed by have to train our minds in the right directions here you know this is uh it's not just about me and you it's about kingdom stuff even as uh as trevor prayed there it's not just about us rocking on through life we are actually impacting our community of people for the kingdom for his glory and so if my mind is not governed by the spirit then I am not going to have the same impact, the positive impact for the kingdom on other people. So it's fairly crucial that we are understanding what it is to more live by the Spirit. Otherwise, we rob other people as well as ourselves of life and peace. You know, I remember a few months ago, I woke up and uh, had a lot of... I was feeling anxious about some upcoming events. And um, I, read, I have a little book that I read every morning as well as the Bible. I do read the Bible too. Um, and in it, it just uh, it said that my thoughts about... It, it, it basically said, it is your thoughts about the events, not the events themselves that bring you anxiety. Your thoughts are like ravenous wolves. I thought, ain't that the truth? Our minds go everywhere, don't they? Our thoughts go everywhere. It's not the actual events themselves. It's often our, our thoughts about the events that kill us. And we, we go down stories and tracks that are not going to happen, but we think about these things. So therefore, it is crucial that we learn how to train our minds. I mean, I won't say many of you. Some of you are into physical fitness and training. You know, and you know that you don't drift into physical fitness. It's training, it's discipline, it's intentional. You have to be intentional in this. It's not just rocking on through life. And so it's the same with training our minds. We have to stop the mind drift. 
because Satan will make sure our mind drifts down to negative. Just stop the mind drift. And so for me, I, I find I have to notice what's going on for me in my mind. I have to read it. I have to be aware of what's happening. It's a bit like uh, the red lights on the dashboard of your car or your vehicle. You know, when the red light comes on, I mean, when you start it, there's red lights everywhere, but once you get going and you're driving along, if a red light comes on, you've got probably three or four things you can do. You can ignore it. Or you can smash it because you don't like that red light. Or you can put a Band-Aid over it to cover it. Or you can do what you should do is uh, actually investigate what's going on behind the... What's the problem in there? What's it saying? What's it revealing? And in the same way, it's important for us to notice what are the, what are the red lights that flash in our, on the dashboard of our minds me, it releases me. I remember one night I was heading to a friend's place. We're going on a mission trip to, I think, Indonesia or somewhere, and I was feeling really heavy. And uh, I'm, I'm going to his place to pray with him about this whole trip, and I'm thinking, this is ridiculous. And so I just started yelling and screaming, Praise the Lord! Praise the Lord! And I'm sitting in my car on, on uh, Berwick Street at the lights. Praise the Lord! Praise the Lord! I'm screaming out. I just happened to look, and there was a car parked next to me, these two young guys are looking at me like this. <laughs> and I just, you know, and he winds the window, winds the window down and he goes, what station are you listening to, bro? <laughs> I said, oh, I'm, just, I'm just happy. But what I, you might think, well, that's pretty uh, gimmicky. No, it's not. It actually, something happens when we praise the Lord. You know, now I'm someone who likes to do it verbally. No, I don't do that all the time. But it just is, I notice I'm starting to go down. I'm starting to think about things. I'm running down a rabbit trail, which is not good. Bang, let's, let's change this. Let's bring some truth into this. It's okay. Um, last time I preached to you, I talked about praying blessing on people who annoy you or who have hurt you or who you're struggling to deal with. Pray a blessing on them rather than complaining, judging, getting bitter and all that sort of stuff. So I find that's something I have to intentionally do. It's a training of my mind to go down the direction of what God's on about. God's always on about blessing those who hurt you. I mean, that's what Jesus did. Uh, thankfulness for me is always something that opens the door for me to get a, a real good picture of how life is. Because thankfulness takes my mind off what I haven't got and what I would love and it reminds me of what I do have. Now, I don't every day, but I have a thank journal where I just jot down things, basic things. You don't have to have massive things, but you just jot down people, situations, resources, everything that God's given you. It opens the door for the ministry of the Spirit. So what I'm talking about here is training our minds to be in line with what the Spirit's on about. You know, 1 Thessalonians 5, it talks about Rejoice always, pray continually, in everything give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Now, you might know those verses. You probably do. Practicing them is important. I read a few years ago, I was reading those, that passage, and I read the next verse. And the next verse says, don't quench the spirit. And suddenly it hit me. Those verses, they're connected. It's not just a random choice of verses he throws in there. And I thought, if I don't do uh, 16, 17, 18, I'm going to do 19. If I don't rejoice, always pray continually and give thanks in everything, I'm going to quench the Spirit. 
Now, it doesn't mean to say God's going to beat me up, but it means quenching is I'm actually sucking the life out of situations. I'm quenching what God is doing. You know, so those are some of the things that, uh, that help me. Um, taking a step of faith. You know, you get a prompt by the Spirit to ring someone, to talk to someone, to do, <coughs> excuse me, to do something, and you actually do it, and you sense this whole area of, wow, I feel lighter. I love interaction. You feel lighter, you know. Steps of faith are important. Live by faith. That's all what the Spirit's on about. It's about life. I know just recently we were up in Coral Bay for a couple of weeks and uh, great time. I mean, Coral Bay, some of you have been there. But if you stand, uh, well, I was in a dinghy or when you're, whether you're in a boat or whether you're on the shore, you look out there and you can see the beautiful blue water and you can see all these black blobs or brown blobs. When you dive in with goggles and snorkel on, it's like, wow, there's fish everywhere and the the suddenly black blobs turn into coral, different colours. That's what walking in faith is all about. It's about diving in to scenarios that we find, well, I might just stand back here and watch. We don't get the same beauty and wonder. Safe. safe but it, it, we miss out on the beauty and the wonder of what's there so keep jumping in in faith um, confession of sin to God and to people bringing stuff into the light is another thing that helps train our minds and produces a little bit of a bit of lightness a bit of lightness rather than oh, it's heavy I guess the, the basic ones here are the Word of God. You know, for some of you, the Word of God might feel like hard. I, I choose to regularly be in the Word of God, whether I feel like it or not. Not 100% of the time, but in the morning particularly, my, my um, I guess, pattern of what I do is I get into the Word and... Um, Sometimes you just find God miraculously does some stuff. And sometimes it's just like, oh, yeah, whatever. Like last uh, Tuesday morning, you know, we had a Monday night last week, which wasn't real flash for me. Went to the footy. (laughs) Eagles, North Melbourne, you know, bottom team. Pouring with rain and um, didn't run the way we wanted it to run. And, um, you know, everyone got pretty annoyed. You know, you should have seen Raymer. (laughs) Security guys almost, or maybe it was Raymond's husband. <laughs> yeah. Security comes past. I thought, is he after me or not? It was just, you know, it's terrible. But my, the way I respond is terrible. Ask Raymond. She hates it. It's an awful thing when you allow something like that. And it's not like, oh, that made me do it. But it provides the door and Satan's sitting there ready to grab me. Got me. And you respond badly. Anyway, I wake up on Tuesday morning feel like, feeling like a dog's breakfast, you know, and I, um, I get out there, I read my little devotional with the Word, and this is what it said. You make a practice of judging yourself based on how you look or behave, behave or feel. When things are going smoothly and your performance seems adequate, you find it easier to believe that you are my beloved child. 
when you feel discouraged, you tend to look inward so that you can correct whatever is wrong. Instead of trying to fix yourself, fix your gaze on me, the lover of your soul. Rather than using your energy to judge yourself, redirect it to praising me. Remember that I see you clothed in my righteousness, radiant in my perfect love. And it's like what hit me was the kindness and the grace of God. I thought he's not sitting there just saying, you're a mongrel, David. You're useless at this stuff. Get it right. He's not doing that. He's just saying, David, I know who you are. I'm, I'm at work in you. Let's take another breath. You know, it just touched my heart, touched my soul and reminds me, and obviously it's not a license to just go and, and act like that all the time or any of the time. It just reminded me again, the kindness and the grace of God is just pretty powerful, very powerful. The Spirit gives me life, and yet Satan is constantly at work trying to drag the life out of us, steal, kill, and destroy. He's constantly trying to rob us of life because that will mean it will rob other people of life as well. So I find for myself, I, I have to be really, and I don't, as you know, I don't succeed in this all the time, but I have to be really alert to, through the training of my mind, giving God access to my mind, to my life, rather than giving Satan access. So when I respond like I did last Monday night, immediately I give Satan access. I just give him an open door to come in and just stir. <coughs> Whenever I choose to judge someone, I give Satan open door. There it is. Stir that one. Whenever I choose to bless someone, whenever I choose to be generous to someone, whenever I choose to show a bit of grace towards someone, I give God the open door. I give him access. So training our mind is, is pretty important because it then helps us to be aware of the actions and the places that we give God access and Satan access. And as I said, for you, they will be different to me. There'll be some similarities and crossover. Just be alert to that. Verse 9. You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God lives in you. In you. And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the Spirit gives life. There it is again. The Spirit gives life. Always the Spirit gives life. Because of righteousness. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. You as Christ followers, whoever you are as Christ followers here, you have the spirit of Christ in you. You are sealed with him. If you're not Christians, if you're not in Christ, then, as I said earlier, respond to the invitation for life. The Spirit always gives life. The Spirit always gives life. Verse 12, Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation. Oh, that's a strong word. That's a legal word. We have an obligation. For what? It is not to the flesh anyway. Because we're freed from that. 
Remember? Law of the Spirit of, Christ, of life in Christ Jesus, set you free from the law of sin and death. We have an obligation, but it is not to the flesh to live according to it. For if you will live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. We have an obligation to live by the Spirit because the Spirit always produces life. So therefore, with our minds, we have to put to death intentionality. Okay, It's always intentionality, a choice. And Satan's working hard to get us to choose to go his way. And that's the natural drift will be there. Let's more and more be filling our minds with the things of what God's on about so we drift in his direction, we move in his direction. And as I said earlier, it's not just about us. It's about being fruitful for the kingdom because the more you live in the spirit, the more the reality of who God is will flow out of you. Even though you don't even notice it, others will. Others will. It's always about his kingdom. So I guess my, um, my desire and my encouragement is for you is to maybe think a bit broader. I'm not saying you have to change dramatically, but just maybe think about what does it mean for me to live by the Spirit in ways that I haven't thought of before? What's God saying to me here? And even to look at what will help you to live in the Spirit. What will help you to live in the Spirit? What's one or two things you can put in place or start to take steps in that will help you to live in the Spirit? And what are some things that you're doing that are hindering you living in the Spirit? Okay, the help and the hinder. Just in your own personal times with God this week, just play with that. Just play with that. What will help you live in the Spirit and what hinders you living in the Spirit? You know, because Paul talks about, like in Romans 8, living by the Spirit, living in the Spirit. In other places, he talks about being led by the Spirit, following what he's on about, hanging out with God, being intentional in that, obedience. Because the more we obey, the more we tend to go that direction. In Ephesians 5, he talks about being filled with the Spirit. And um, some people think, oh, that's whole pile of different possibilities there the word be filled with the holy spirit ephesians 5 is uh the continuous ongoing tense of that so he's basically say keep on being moment by moment ongoingly filled with the spirit okay so you're continually training your mind living in ways that please god that's what living in the spirit is all about it's running along the tracks he's running you know, as I, some of you ever done windsurfing? I might have mentioned this before. I've got a picture of windsurfing here. Uh, windsurfing is really interesting. But it, it fits in with this being filled because when you're trying to windsurf, you're actually, you grab hold of that bar and if you're anything like me when you first start, flat, 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 off. Flat, 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 off. Until you just have to get the, the bar and the, the sail in that position where the wind is caught by the sail. And then all you do is hang on and just keep directing it. I don't have to blow into it. I just have to hang on. And when the wind fills the sail and I've got it in that point where it's catching it, that's when the power comes into your board and you fly across the lake or whatever it is, the river or the ocean. 
So my role is to catch the wind. And the wind does the empowering. It's the same with catching the Spirit. We get ourselves into places where we catch the wind of the Spirit. And then the Spirit fills the sail of our life and empowers us. So it's not just about touching other people. It's about us feeling a bit lighter in our journey. Okay? A little bit lighter, traveling freely and lightly. And it's too often, if you're anything like me, you take on just the heaviness of things. And it's like, oh, I've got to do this, got to make this happen. You know, I was praying with James Goss. Some of you know James Goss. He's preached here once or twice. And, um, and as we're praying, I'm, I'm sort of putting all this stuff out on the table about all the stuff that's bothering me. And, and he goes, hey, David, uh, I just got a picture. I said, what's the picture? And he goes, well, he said, you and God are carrying this heavy load. I said, oh, yeah. And he said, uh, and God said, hey, David, you take the light end and I'll take the heavy end. I said, oh, okay. I might have told you this before. Sorry if I have. But uh, I'm thinking like a big table or like a piano. You've got an end each. But then um, I realized through another few circumstances, no, it's not a table. It's a telephone pole or a massive log. And he's got the middle of it. God's got all the weight. And I'm just tagging on the end. I'm just there. And he said to me, don't disengage. Don't just let go and say, okay, will you do it? Stay engaged. Stay with me in this, but I've got the weight of it. And it's been something that's been really helpful for me, this heavy end, light end. A number of our staff, they talk about it now. Heavy end, light end. God's got the weight of it. He's got the center point. We just have to stay engaged. So no matter what it is in our lives, just to remind yourself that God's got the weight. God's got the heavy weight. And so living in the Spirit is about the, the, the lightness, the, the freedom of a bounce, the empowering, so that we're not carrying this heavy burden through life. That's not our role. It's what God, God takes the weight of it. And so we have to get ourselves more and more in our minds and our actions so that we cooperate with what God's on about there. I just want to just close your eyes as we finish here. I just want to read the last few verses out of the message. Just close your eyes and let the Spirit just uh, encourage you with this. Verse 15 to 17. This resurrection life that you receive from God is not a timid, grave-tending life. It's adventurously expectant. Greeting God with a childlike What's next? What's next, Papa? What's next, Abba? God's Spirit touches our spirits and confirms who we really are. We know who He is and we know who we are, Father and children. And we know we are going to get what's coming to us, an unbelievable inheritance. We go through exactly what Christ goes through. If we go through the hard times with Christ, then we're certainly going to go through the good times with him. Father, we thank you so much for the fact that this life is not all there is. We live in a fallen world, but thanks, even in this fallen world, we can still live with a bit of bounce. We can live according to the Spirit. We can live filled with the Spirit. We can live in the Spirit, prompting by the Spirit, and we can go for it. And I pray for everyone here this morning 
the more and more they will really listen to who you, what you're saying. Lord, that each person will allow you to take the weight that they're already taking, but they'll just release some of the weight of some of the things that they've been carrying the weight of. Father, I pray that all of us continue to train our minds so that we actually run with you rather than going across what you're doing. Father, give us wisdom and discernment on this. Thanks that you long for us to travel freely and lightly. You long for us to experience this life and peace that you promise in the midst of the fallen world that we live in, in the midst of cancers, in the midst of relational challenges, in the midst of uh, crop failures. You still want us to live in life and peace. God, that sounds impossible at times. So I want to pray that today, Lord, you... Give people here today just a sense of, I can do it. You're able to do far more than we can ask or imagine. And I pray for that reality today, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.